it's your boy Draco, and this is the first episode of the Nativo podcast, um, Nativo Gems. So for this episode, um, I'm just going to introduce myself and give you a better perspective and understanding of me, my experiences, where I'm coming from, and how we got here. My intentions with this podcast are to deep dive into my world as an artist, as a creative, as a human, as a spiritual being, and also create and share this platform with other queer, creative, melanated artists, beings, aliens. (laughs) Um, So last week, I met up with a friend from high school, and we were just catching up. It's really been a minute, so that was refreshing. Um, We got some bubble tea, just chilled outside on the little bench. And as we're talking, some white man pulls up and um, he double parks his car. And he goes, hey, you mind watching my car for me? I was like, yeah, no problem. (laughs) I was like, yeah, of course. He goes inside. I forgot this man. (laughs) We keep talking. And, um, you know, then he comes out with his drink into his car and he goes hey thanks nobody stole it or like i don't remember what but yeah comes out um and then i get confused for asian a lot because i have chinky eyes um and so superficially all my life i've been confused for anything other than ecuadorian or Guatemalan. <laughs> As a child, that was... I don't know. It was, it, was, it was something to navigate because I was... I mean, I already felt like I didn't belong. I felt out of place constantly as a queer child. Even being around my community... I'm feeling like, damn, I don't even look like the people that I'm from. What? So if I had a dollar for every time that someone confused me for Asian in this lifetime, I'd have a Tesla. (laughs) I'd probably have like three Teslas because let me tell you, (laughs) at some point it was like every single day. Um, And as a child, again, it was something to navigate through until eventually... I was able to get to a sense of pride in correcting people. So I thought that that's what this was going to be. But (laughs) let me tell you. So he comes out with his drink and he addresses us and he goes, oh, thanks for whatever. No problem. And then he goes, are you from Nepal? And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) That really threw me off. Like no one has ever asked me from that part of that particular country I looked at him confused I was like no he was like oh because of your bandana and I was like are you sure it was because of my bandana or because of my eyes but I was kind of just there like 
what? So confused. So he sees the expression on my face and he goes, oh, where are you from? I was like, I'm from Ecuador. And he goes, oh, okay. That's when he was like, oh, my bad because of the bandana. I thought you were, like, I just, I just stared at him and I was like, no. So at this point, it's awkward. He gets into his car and he's pulling away. But before he does, he stops. And he just had to make sure he said this one thing. He goes, oh yeah, Ecuadorians are really good at construction. Like he was trying to make it better. I stared at him and he drove away. Because no, you didn't. Okay. I'm Ecuadorian and I'm not working construction right now. Like, we can be more than that. You see me here is how I feel about that. But where are you from? Let me tell you. So, I was born in Ecuador. I came here when I was three. My mom is Guatemalan. My dad is Ecuadorian. I grew up in Jersey City. I was blessed enough to go back to Ecuador and Guatemala while I was growing up, like every three to five years, um, like alternating between the two. Um, so I have memories of playing in the mud in my grandfather's backyard and <laughs> playing in the mud in Ecuador with the chamomile flowers and matches and toothpicks. <laughs> um, I graduated from Mason Gross at Rutgers with a bachelor's in visual arts uh, and a concentration in media, which allowed me to explore a lot of mediums. Um, a lot of my work was very much installation-based, um, and I always did photography on the side and music as well. Uh, so it was a constant trying to balance those passions while also life. <laughs> um, and as far as music, I honestly wasn't able to actually dive into it in the way that I've always longed for um, as I have in the past like year and a half, two years um, since I've graduated. Uh, it's been very gratifying to actually nurture this passion um, instead, of, instead of having it, you know, be something on the side, um, because writing and music is just, it's a whole different sort of energy. Um, I'm literally the byproduct of intersectionality. I stand in the middle of... I stand in the middle of intersectionality as the son of two immigrant parents from Ecuador and Guatemala, 
first generation queer quote unquote American. I have pieces of Central and South America in me and I have influences of North America in me and it gives me this very broad perspective to be able to tap into you know my dad's histories and my mother's histories in that it's it's been an exploration of identity and uh decolonization uh in terms of how i identify i don't subscribe to the title and label latinx latino hispanic uh growing up i did and it was very much it was cool to you know check that off somewhere um and feel seen but knowing the things that i've come to understand um and really you know putting my parents journeys into perspective i feel as though like my mom if my mom never came here running away from genocide or persecution from the military you know we would have grown up in guatemala and i feel as though once you're on this side and even in guatemala and like our native countries when we're there the people who are there like you're not guatemalan until you compare it to something else or step outside of that everyone living there is just you know obviously there's just there's no, there's this understanding of nationality but you know you're just living there and underneath that is a layer of the indigenous communities that we essentially come from you have all of these generations here that didn't mean to leave home the generations of people that are here are not of here and so that's just that's what i keep going back to i feel as though there's power in those numbers if we change the census like imagine every at least for me every guatemalan that i knew if they were to put native american it would make a huge impact it would actually help the quiche immigrants who come over here and only know the mayan dialect and then they have to fend for themselves because there's no translators at the border for them in particular so i just i feel like it goes into so many things it goes into when i began to identify as native american i started to understand that yo like every second of every day i carry my ancestors with me my loved ones that have passed in this lifetime and before mine like they're all here 
because I have the understanding of home and I have the understanding of my forefathers and I have the understanding of legacy, all of that empowers me even more to be proud of the fact that, to say that I'm not Latinx, I'm not Hispanic. You know what I'm saying? That sense of pride is what I want to awaken into my community. I always think about the, I, I hate the cold. I hate the cold. And I feel like it's because my body remembers. My body knows, like, yo, what the fuck is snow? <laughs> what is this? This is not, that is foreign. That's foreign to me. The only reason why, what makes me and mm, a Colombian, like, ties us together under Latino is that we speak Spanish. But it's more than that. It's about remembering that sense of home and having that pride for home. And I feel like, you know, it's, it's also a generational thing because, again, it's generations of generations that have, of, 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 of lineages that have established themselves here in the North. Um, and... The current generation, you know, is removed from from that, and so I just feel like you know that's my message. That's I'm I'm here to remind. Um, it's it's why I chose to name this podcast Nativo Gems because I just I just want to remind. So <laughs> all of this to say. If there's one thing I want you to take away from this first episode, it's that connection to home. But here we are. We're on this side with the privilege that we have. And so I believe in us and I believe in this remembrance. I believe in this pride. I believe in this love. So yeah, that's pretty much where I'm coming from. I hope you enjoyed this first episode. I'm also going to be sharing my manifesto, which is basically a five-page artist statement that I had to write for senior year um, that details my work at the time and my inspirations. As an artist, I'm going to share some excerpts from that to give you a more structured version of just who Draco is as an artist and the places and ideas, concepts that I draw from. And yeah, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you staying till the end. I have a lot more goodies planned for this podcast. Um, so it's going to go a bunch of different ways, but expect a bunch of gems. That's for sure. This is, this is your boy Draco. This is who we are. And this is what we're doing. So I, I appreciate you sticking through the end, like, for real, for real. I hope that, you know, some part of this resonates and continues to resonate. This is the energy that is, that carries over into my work. Um, just this, this sense of indigeneity and this sense of home and knowing that there's things that people can't take away from you. And there's things that are inherently your birthright. So, 
Go out, get those things, and kill it. Love always.